This is Cody Conrad. I'm here with Tucker Cooper. What's up? This is C Squared Sports. Uh, it is November 12th, 2019. We're fresh off of a Kentucky victory Saturday night. Uh, fresh off of a Tennessee volunteer basketball victory tonight. Uh, just happened. We're recording this right after the Mur- the Murray State game. I had trouble getting that one out. We're going to call them Missouri State. Take your time. Murray State. Um, the Kentucky game, I guess we'll go ahead and start with that since it happened first. Uh, me and you were both there, actually. It was cold. Your birthday weekend. A big B day. The big 2-1. <laughs> the big T coop turned big 2-1. Yep. I'm, I'm finally legal to get a hotel in cities that weren't allowing me before and possibly rent a car. Yep, all hotels. You are now there is now no hotel that can turn away your business. Correct. Exactly. I can rent an Airbnb and pass all the qualifications. Uh, so that's pretty much the coolest thing about turning twenty one. Yeah, that's it. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else you get twenty one. No, nope. uh, you get to rent a car in some places, and no hotel can turn away your business. Yep. I mean, <laughs> well, what what well, more could someone want? Not much. I mean, at twenty one, that's all I can hope, hope and pray for. So. Uh, it's been a blessing to see 21, you know? So 21 years of life. <laughs> we uh, got to spend, celebrate the occasion in Lexington, Kentucky. Felt like I spent all 21 with you, buddy. <laughs> uh, Lexington, Kentucky was pretty cold. Uh, yeah, it was pretty freezing. It was a little chilly up there in the upper deck. Not going to lie. we, I, I might have left a little early. The wind was blowing pretty hard. You left early. I decided to stay. You're not a true VFL because you left early because you were cold. You didn't give 110%. Well, when I knew the game was in hand, I, I was like, I'm out. And you missed out. You knew the game was in hand. Yeah, it, I, it was a four-point game when you left. I had a feeling. <laughs> uh, sorry. You missed I, the goal lines. You missed Daniel Batuli and Nigel Warrior. I was, I was, I was like watching the game on my phone, but I was close enough to the stadium as I was walking to the car to where I heard I the crowd go crazy right before I saw it on my phone. It, no, it no, it's, it. it's it okay. It wasn't you, my experience. You drove to Lexington uh, to watch the to watch the goal on stay on your phone. It's fine. Well, come on, you know I was just trying to get, you know beat the crowd home. It was cold. I was hungry. Been walking all day. Yeah, it's okay. You didn't give one hundred ten percent like a lot of us did. Did I give a hundred? Mm, I mean, you left. How much time was left in the fourth quarter when you left? Probably about five minutes. And then you gave, like, I mean, probably 90%. 90. But that's okay. Uh, yeah, 90 is... 9% good. is more than what... Uh, that's an A. ...than what a lot of people give. It's an A, most classes. At least I showed up. But uh, the Kentucky game, uh, not a good start. Uh, we had a very slow start, very ugly game. Gave up over 300 yards on the ground. Um, what was Kentucky's final, like, 302 yards is what they finished with. <laughs> they needed 303. Yeah. <laughs> They needed 303. <laughs> they couldn't get it. They couldn't quite get it. Tennessee. It was just basically what came down on Saturday night. What came down to it, it was Tennessee versus Kentucky. <coughs> and Kentucky realized they were Kentucky, and that was the end of it. I mean. D- did Kentucky fans really think they were going to win that game? Because all the fans I talked to in, in our section, pretty much every single one of them was talking the whole game like, yeah, it's really fun that we're up by 13, but we know what's going to happen. I mean, how many fans do you think that were just like, we knew we were going to lose? Like, what? that's a pretty sad life to live, isn't it? I mean, we're Tennessee fans, but 
we're not that desperate yet to where we turn around to opposing fan bases like we never thought we were going to win. Like No, I mean, you never – I mean, even when we're playing Alabama, I, I've never seen a Tennessee fan just turn around and say we're, we're going to get beat, right? No. Well, maybe I have. Maybe Alabama. Maybe Alabama's different, but, I mean, like Florida, no chance. Georgia, no chance. Like, I don't know. It just It just feels like they don't really care. Like, right? Like the fans that we were around, at least. No, they didn't care at like, all. Most fans just... I mean, some of them were really mad, like, after the game. Like, some of them were mad leaving the stadium, and some of them were leaving the stadium with, like, eight minutes left. Like, what are you doing? Like, Well, I mean, we did. Like, I mean, obviously, you left early, but you left because you were cold I mean, they, and hungry. And but I, I knew we were going to win, too. And you knew that we were going to win... Oh. And they were leaving with, like, eight minutes left after they turned the ball over. Well, I mean, think about this, though. Uh, to them, uh, like, we're their Florida, essentially. Think about in 2016 how many people left at halftime that were Tennessee fans. Remember in 2016 when we were down by what? How many points were we down at halftime? 21? Yeah, it was 21 to 3 at halftime. We kicked, right. like, a garbage time field goal at the yeah. end of the first half. Think about, remember how many people left that game early? All those Vol fans that were peeling out of there because they just were like, oh, it's a bloodbath. Yeah, it's going to happen again. It was hot. It I, was, we were getting blown out. I think that was kind of the feeling that those fans had in Lexington when momentum kind of flipped. And they were like, oh, man, here we go. And they knew. Yeah, I mean, they just gave up, like, right away. Like, when... Like when you said the momentum had clearly shifted, and then they turned the ball over down by four. And I mean, obviously, they still had all three timeouts. They still had half a quarter to play. Tennessee wasn't really doing a whole lot in offense. Like the game was by no means over, but they just they felt like giving up when when the momentum shifted. They felt like they couldn't get it back because we're Tennessee and they're Kentucky. That's a bad place to be. I think all of all fans know where. Kentucky fans stand when they play Tennessee and I think all of all fans can relate and that same feeling of defeat of just like even before the game is over even if you have the lead sometimes whenever that one big play happens for the Florida or the the Alabamas you just you just get that sigh of like well it was fun but we just lost the game and that's a terrible terrible place to be as a fan base like, hopefully we we get out of that soon to where we compete every single game. But if you're a Kentucky or a Vanderbilt fan, especially if you're Kentucky and your coach's job's on the line that has ever done anything for you and Mark Stoops, like, you just know you're just in the pit of misery. Yeah. No, that's no fun. Yeah, and it 100% feels like, like the Tennessee of old would have lost that game Saturday night. Yep, I agree. And if – uh, it feels like even though it's Kentucky, like we've, like we've said, like we're Tennessee and they're Kentucky, but it really feels like that was a step, another step in the right direction, because ten- the Tennessee, the Butch Jones Tennessee, Derek Dilly Tennessee, yeah. doesn't win that game Saturday night. They would have found a gimmicky way to blow it. They yeah, tried to do too much. They would have, for yeah. one, given up a touchdown right there in the goal line, like, and then they, there was would have been a zero percent chance. That we drove back down the field <laughs> and scored Garantano. with Gorontano, but I mean he's playing so, well. He's playing well. So yeah, Gorontano. I mean, I guess we'll just move on to him, huh? We're gonna have to talk about him eventually, as much as we hate to. So I guess what they've decided to do with him is like the use him as a six man is what it looks like they're gonna start Mauer Feels or Shroud, which 
they're going to start a healthy Mauer over Shroud. But the, so it was like Saturday night they started Mauer and then went to Gorontano in the second half off the bench. And he's played well now, yeah. um, two games in a row off the bench. The UAB game, he played well. Not great, uh, but, I mean, good for him, like, I guess. And then uh, Saturday night, Kentucky, he, he played phenomenal, I thought. I thought he played like – like he he that's the best he's gonna play right. Like I mean that third quarter he threw for two touchdowns. Uh, he just really came in and he really gave him a spark, which is something we haven't seen him do probably at all since he's been here at Tennessee. Really, I don't know the last time Jared Garantano came into a game and there was a spark from it. You know, it felt very much like um, like the way that Jared Garantano has been his entire career has just kind of bring the team down when he comes into the game. Like, he he doesn't necessarily give him any juice. He doesn't get anyone excited when he comes in the game. It seems like the players most of the time respond pretty negatively when he comes into the game. But he came in after halftime, and I didn't really like seeing him come out on the field. But he drove right down the field and scored. And I immediately had to kind of keep my mouth shut. And then he just continued to prove it the rest of that third quarter to the point where I was like, well... I mean, he's – Jeremy Pruitt must know how to coach football because that wouldn't be the guy I would put in the game at all. But he's done it again. It just seems like Pruitt is making all the right moves right now. It's it's like a chess chess match for him with SEC teams. Yeah, I mean – He's it, found a way to outsmart every coach, it feels like. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that no one was particularly excited when they saw that Gorantano was starting in the – in the second half? I don't think Pruitt wanted to start Garantano in the second half, honestly, when he came into that game. No, I would say even Garantano probably wasn't thrilled to to see that he was starting in the second half. He was not probably not thrilled to find out. But I don't know. He like he has... He's embraced it. He's embraced his role as the sixth man. That's what Pruitt called him. Um, I forget. I guess it was the Georgia game. Uh, when they... Decide to start Mauer, they're going to use Gorantano still as a quote-unquote six-man off the bench, like in basketball. Uh, but, no, he – I mean, he played – like, without him on Saturday night, I don't know if we win because Mauer didn't really bring it Saturday night. He couldn't have hit the broadside of a barn. He, he was struggling uh, to hit open receivers. I mean, he was doing okay. Um, he was trying to make the NFL throw instead of just taking the easy one a lot of times, too. Uh, there was a play where he threw that wheel route to Juwan Jennings in the the corner of the end zone where he tried to thread it between the safety and the corner and put it in a perfect spot right there on the pylon. It wasn't a bad ball, but he just completely negated the fact that Marquez Callaway was just running wide open in the middle of the field. And we watched him eye Juwan Jennings the entire time. He knew where he was going the whole time. He never thought about checking down or looking at another read. Yeah, he made some bad reads. He didn't play great. But, like he was trying to play hero ball, like he was Aaron Rodgers. But shout out to Big JG for uh, coming through. Uh, Nigel Warrior still on his tear. Daniel uh, Batuli. has been doing his thing. Like this, the senior class has all American. Daniel Batuli. Yeah, uh, I mean we had our third straight defensive player of the week with Daniel Batuli this week. It was a uh, he had it against South Carolina. Uh, Bryce Thompson had it against UAB, and then uh, Batuli had it again uh, against Kentucky. I mean, this defense has started, like, 
pretty much kicking ass like the past few weeks. We've given up 21 points in our last six games in the second half. Yeah, and right. the and the thing is, Kentucky didn't score um, after like early in the second quarter. I don't know the exact time frame, but it was early in the second quarter when they got their second touchdown, and then the block extra point, they didn't score after that. And that's – I mean, that gives me faith in the coaching staff again, like that – that they know how to make adjustments. Like the halftime adjustments are honestly probably my favorite part about this team and these coaches is that it looks like coaching is actually a factor at Tennessee for the first time in a long time. I mean, we haven't seen Tennessee teams come out in the second half and play better in a while. That wasn't just like, oh, the players finally stepped up and did it. It was like, we're doing a completely different scheme. Like, the defensive scheme in the second half of that game was different. I mean, if you go back and watch it, we started loading the box up, and Pruitt, I think before, was really respecting the pass a little bit too much to start the game. He started loading up that box, and they were having trouble running that speed option, and it really just opened up the field for our defensive guys. Our secondary, just you could just hawk the quarterback because – He's a wide receiver, and he doesn't really know what he's doing back there. He doesn't want to throw the ball. I don't think he feels comfortable throwing the ball. And I really liked that Pruitt went into the locker room and told him that. I mean, he put all his faith in his guys. He went and told his corners, we're going to play man coverage. Make sure you don't give up the big play. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously no secret what Kentucky wanted to do either. I mean, they when it's, a, it, it's like the same – like five plays, basically. I mean, it's more than that, but it felt like Kentucky ran the same five plays. The one where uh, Bowden, Bowden, however the hell you say his name, takes the ball and he either fakes the pitch and goes back up the middle or he runs to the right or the left and then he pitches it. It felt I mean, like you were playing NCAA 14 with the Georgia Tech offense. Yeah, I felt like you were just trying to stop a speed option. You had – you had seven or eight plays you could run out of that option format where you could either run the speed option, the halfback, or the read option, or you could run the pitch. I felt like they ran that a lot. Or then they would just run a traditional triple option offense. Yeah, like they don't even pretend like they're going to throw the ball. How many passes did they attempt? Do you know? Was it two? Was uh, it, I don't know. Was it two attempted passes and both were picked off? Uh, they, Nigel Warrior had the, the pick six that – where he stepped out of bounds. And then wasn't there another pick? Um, Didn't, uh, not Thompson, but it was Theo Jackson, wasn't it, who got a pick? I don't remember a second interception. You could be right. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I, maybe that was just a pass breakup over the middle. Maybe it's almost a pick. I'm trying to think of, of any pass plays. That I, Near the beginning of the game, I, I really don't think that they had anything going for him, and I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they attempted more than two passes. I only remember. I mean, I guess I left that, the game a little bit early, but I only remember attempting two or three passes. It was like every time they had a pass play called, Bowden would scramble around and try to make something happen with his legs. Bowden. Bowden, Bowden, Bowden. Uh, he was four for seven, so they had seven pass attempts. How many picks? One interception. Okay. Uh, maybe I was wrong. For 25 yards. Maybe I was wrong. And then he had 114 on the ground. I guess not maybe. I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you were wrong unless... I guess I was just... Or ESPN is wrong, which... Likely. Could be likely. It's your word versus ESPN's word. I don't remember second interception. ESPN doesn't remember second interception, but... Maybe 
Maybe I was feeling good on my 21st. Maybe I, maybe, maybe I you were dreamed, still. Maybe I dreamed that one. Maybe you were still juiced off of being able to uh, buy a hotel room. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe I was thinking about renting a car after the game to take me home because I was so hungry and cold. It could have been. I mean. I don't know how Conrad Valls made it back to the Airbnb that night. He just showed up. He showed up. Two hours after we'd been there, I had had me a little uh, buffalo chicken macaroni dip. It was pretty good. Had me a little bit of pasta. Took me a shower. Watching uh, some reruns on TV. Conrad Valls busting through the door. He's juiced. Ready to go. I was juiced and ready to go. Hanging out was, with Maggie, Nathan, and Austin Brown and gang. I was uh, I was pretty juiced all night long. I was Me, pretty excited about the win. It was fun leaving the stadium. I wish you had gotten to stay until after Me too, buddy. the game was over because it was a lot of fun leaving the stadium. Uh, seeing all the ball fans. Uh, seeing all the Kentucky fans. Talk I mean, a lot of ish, bro. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, yelling at Kentucky fans, celebrating Tennessee fans. It was fun. It was a fun experience leaving the stadium. I must say that you missed out. You missed an experience. If anyone loves good trash talk, it, it's me. It's you. I, I mean, missed you. It. I missed it. I mean, that's what it. I came for. I was having to do it by myself. You know, I was talking some pretty well, good. Well, not by myself, but. I was talking trash. Just without you. I was talking trash during the game when I was there. I was serving it up. Kentucky fans were just so dang nice the whole night. They were nice. We we ran into a lot of nice Kentucky fans. I was getting so mad. I kept trying to talk trash. I was trying to talk my, I was trying to talk my ish, bro. I was trying to talk it to everyone that was around. And every time I'd be like, "Yeah, buddy, how's that feel?" And he'd be like, "I know you guys have a really good team this year." And I'd be <laughs> like, "Bro, come on, I'm just trying to talk. Let me get to an argument." No one wanted to argue. They were just like, y'all are so good. Your was, coach is so good. Our coach is about to leave. I was strutting around in my cowboy hat. I Couldn't could, be touched. I could spot Conrad from a mile away in that cowboy hat. Can we talk about the ramp? The walk up to the... Oh, my God. What was up with that? That was the longest ramp. For it you was guys like, who didn't go to the game, they have a ramp, kind of like at Neyland, how you have to walk up you know, a few flights of the, the ramp at Neyland to get to the top the upper deck. The one in Lexington was absolutely insane. It felt like I was on a treadmill that was never going to end. It felt like every time you went around a corner of the ramp, you only went up like three feet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it, like... It felt like a spiral staircase that never ended. It was so frustrating. It was cold. My legs were hurting. We had been walking all day. And I was like, this is the last thing I want to see right now is a stupid... And it was so packed where I was sitting. We, I didn't even have good seats. I was in the nosebleed, and all of their seats are so small. It was like sitting on an airplane up there. Had to turn to my side to stand up. I eventually had to move. We had to move to the upper, upper deck, get some breathing room up there. Yeah, and it wasn't even close to a sellout. No. Like. Just really packed in weird places. Yeah. Um, I guess we were kind of in the Tennessee section. I there mean, was definitely a. It was like the college student Tennessee section, like the people who wanted the cheap tickets. Yeah, we were definitely in the cheap <laughs> we were, ticket seats. We were in the cheap ticket seats. Yeah, there was no doubt we were in the, in the cheap ticket seats. But um, we were also there was also quite a few Tennessee fans around us too. I mean, there was Tennessee fans scattered throughout the stadium, but um, but yeah, there was a lot of orange in the stadium. Um, we had fun. Vol fans showed yeah, up and had fun. They traveled well. Um, it was a it was a fun game. I mean, for the most part, the second it was kind of boring, I guess. But yeah, it was a little boring. The, the fourth quarter, the third quarter, the second half, I guess the whole second half was pretty fun. Fourth quarter was pretty boring, but it got better. It got better after halftime. 
All right, so uh, basketball. Uh, like we said, just won tonight. Uh, the comeback, second half comeback victory over Murray State. Um, how are you feeling about the basketballs? Basketballs looked looked pretty good tonight. They're not gonna blow you out. Like they're not gonna like. Um, well, I just not know what I was about to say right there. They're not gonna blow you away. That's what I was trying to get to. They they're not like super exciting, and it's kind of tough to watch again. Kind of reminds you of a couple years ago. Maybe we just got a little bit spoiled on Grant and Admiral making everything look so smooth and clean. Bone moving the ball up the court with no turnovers. It's definitely a little bit sloppy. This team looks very young. Um, they are pretty young, I guess. Uh, maybe not even young is the right word, but inexperienced, I think, would be a good word. Because E-Pons, Josiah, Folky, Jalen Johnson, a lot of those guys didn't play a lot, honestly. I mean, I, their careers. I mean, I think, uh, I think it's so sloppy and we, like, don't really know – like where you said that we were spoiled from Grant Admiral last year, but I mean we're we're kind of trying to figure out what lineup we're going to run this year. Like Barnes has just been throwing different lineups on the floor these first two games, trying to figure out trying to get something to stick, trying to see who's going to score, who's who meshes play well defense. together. Yeah, yeah, he, I think he's trying to really find out who's going to bring it on defense. Um, uh, I'll give you a little uh, little tidbit, this insider information. You guys might want to you know get a pen out, but Eve Pons. Um, is good at defense. Hey, Pons is uh, finally playing to the capabilities that he looks like he could play, if that makes any sense. He looks like the French superstar. He looks like, like if you just walked up to him on the street, you, <laughs> the would, think, you would think that he was uh, like the number one overall pick. Like he looks like... He looks like a Zion Williamson type of athlete, and he, he looks is. like Zion, but more cut. And I think he's finally... It's taken him a taking him three years, but he's uh, he's finally figuring out how to play basketball. No, and speak English, possibly. He he has learned how to speak English. He we has don't learned. know. That's unconfirmed if he speaks English. He speaks much better English than when he first got here. We, when we, he first got here, he had to have a translator. It was so bad. We need him to get player of the game so that we can find out if he speaks English. Um, He was very close to getting player of the game tonight. I know. Jordan Bowden went absolutely unconscious from three. Career high from uh, Pons. Shout out to Eve Pons. Jordan Bowden's three he hit tonight was incredible. <laughs> In transition, the heat yeah. check. The heat check of the century. Oh, my gosh. he That was Chandler Cup style. For Shout the, out to Chandler. For those of you guys who don't know, Chandler Cup, our star point guard on our uh, rec league basketball team. He He's probably the best shooter on the side of Mississippi. He, he'd give Bowden a run for his money, you know. He hasn't missed since he was in, what, sixth grade? Yeah. He turned down offers from every big school. Yeah, to get the free Tennessee Promise education. He really just loves Mississippi. I, I admire him for it. Yeah, he, he's a humble young man. Um, well, anyway, uh, before we get uh, on a tangent about the best basketball player in the state of Tennessee. <laughs> most underrated. Yeah, most underrated. Uh, at ye at ye, it's Taryn. Great username, by the way. Okay, easy, um, rolls off the tongue. How do you feel about the freshmen on the basketball team? Well, the freshmen, uh, JJJ, uh, Kimwa, Devontae Gaines, uh, Drew Pember. Am I missing any? 
Did you say Olivier? Yeah, Olivier Quinoa. What's his name? Quinoa. Quinoa? Quinoa, I think. Quinoa? Don't really know how to say it. I think that's how you say it. I've heard it been said. I don't really know. In different ways. I mean, I don't know. Quinoa, that's what I'm going with. Is that kid's not a freshman, is he? No. No, no, no. He's a sophomore, right? Uh, he's been here so long, I don't know. He's been retroed like eight times. Oh, shoot. Okay. He, he's a grad. He's yeah. already graduated. Yeah, he's like um, 31. I think the freshman on this team, I don't I don't really know. I mean, so, you might know a little bit more than me. I mean, it's really too early to tell. Um, like... Josiah Jordan James doesn't really look like a five star yet. He, I mean, he's shown flashes. Um, he seems like he has the talent there. He just hasn't really transitioned into being a college player quite yet. Um, Devonte Gaines is just like really. He kind of looks like an alien. He's really long, really skinny. He kind of looks like a Kevin Durant body type. Uh, I think that he could be. Uh, Pember looks like pretty KD. good. Yeah, Pember's got that KD build, 6'10", probably as heavy as a piece of paper. And, <laughs> I mean, and that's kind of the way Gaines is, too. Like, when he dunked, when he, uh, yeah, it was him that stole the ball and, and transitioned and dunked it on uh, Asheville last week. He's, he's kind of short. And then he? slapped the backboard. I think he's big. I think he, he's a wing player. I think he got some playing time at the four a little bit. Devontae like, Gaines? Yeah, he's like 6'8". Really? Yeah. He looks smaller than that. Because he's so skinny. Maybe we just have a big lineup. Yeah. You know, he's so damn skinny. It's. Uh, if he turns the wrong way, you can't see him anymore? Yeah. He looks like he's like... Him and Pember both. Like, Pember's put on a little bit of weight. But, yeah, our, we have small freshmen in those two. Um, Count Urosh as a, as a freshman? He well, is. I mean, he's yeah, he's a redshirt freshman, I guess. Because he redshirted all of last year. He'll be pretty good. I think he's actually going to get. I think he's going to get cleared. Honestly, I think uh, that now that the ball's lawyered up, we might be able to unlock him. He'll be a nice piece. I mean, it, I mean, just do what Memphis is doing and just play him anyway. Yeah. That, how does that work? I don't know. The uh, they just decided that they were going to play Wiseman in their game last week, and they play him tonight against Oregon. They played him again tonight. Yeah, tonight against Oregon. That's when. The, like they just the so, someone said they're going to negate all of the wins, all of the games. That Weissman plays in. If yeah, they do that. I don't know what. So why would you do that to yourself? I don't know what their plan is there. Like I don't know if Penny is trying to set an example, like trying to stick stick it to the NCAA. Trying to stand it for his players, or I guess I mean I don't know. Maybe it's a big recruiting ploy. I don't know what the plan is. Uh, I don't think don't, Penny don't really care. I don't think he's really smart enough to comprehend what's happening. No, I don't really know what his plan is there. Uh, with I don't know, but I mean, Euros. I mean, if Memphis is going to get away with it. Why shouldn't we just play him anyway? I mean, yeah. I mean, what what can the NCAA do? I Get death that, penalty? I guess that's what Penny's saying. What are you really going to do? I mean, if everyone does it, what are they going to do? Give everyone the death penalty? I don't know. You can't arrest us all. <laughs> um, I think um, my opinion on Triple J is not very popular, but as of right now, I, I don't even think – I don't know. I think that you get more out of Jalen Johnson right now than you get out of Triple J. And I guess Barnes is just playing him because he's young. And, I mean, he's going to be good. He's just got to play more. But he's been really underwhelming for me. I mean, I know that we've seen players at Duke, like the Kelton Johnsons and the P.J. Washingtons, those guys that they come to Kentucky and Duke, and they're pretty good. And then as the season goes on, like the 
the R.J. Barretts and Tyler Heroes, they they get better as the year goes on. Those big those big time guys, and they're you know they're peaking right when the tournament comes around. But we don't really need we don't really have time for Josiah to come along slowly. You know this team needs him right now. We need him to be more of a like what's that kid who plays for North Carolina, the number one overall player? Oh, um, Cole. Cole, Cole Anthony. Anthony. We need him to be more like Cole Anthony. In his first game, he had 35, I think, and seven. Well, well, the so, good news about him is if he underperforms this year, he, you're going to get a, a second year out of him. I guess that's fair. To yeah. come with the, to the monster recruiting class next year that everyone – uh, is just like we gotta get through this year to get to next year type of thing. Yeah. So I mean, if he underperforms, um, yeah, it'll hurt us this year. Like if he continues to underperform, but also it'll buy us like all but guarantee us a second year with him. Even though everything I've heard uh, is saying that he wants to say a second year. I mean, but yeah, if he underperforms, we'll get a second year of him. And then I mean the the other freshmen. Can't really decide. Yeah, I mean, it's too early. Uh, Quinoa has looked okay. At Yee, it's Taryn. At Yee, it's Taryn. Send him the same question in a few weeks after we've got some more games, some of these big games under our belt, and we'll definitely revisit it. It'll be a topic that we probably revisit multiple times throughout the year, just checking in on the freshmen. Yeah, I was also going to say – you need to wait till you get to SEC play till you get a better idea. Like get through the non-conference play, and then you you'll have a pretty good idea of of how the like what the freshmen are gonna are gonna give you this year. I agree. I think I think SEC plays when you find out the boys from the men. Um, you have any more questions on your end? No, that was the only one. We we didn't get very many questions this week. No, no many I questions. have one um, from a new follower, uh, my boy Anson over my fellow co-worker, Anton Cable. He sent us in a question today, and he said, does having the most starting freshman in college football right now and actually winning football games mean that Coach Jeremy Pruitt is the real deal? So switching back into football, do you think that Pruitt winning all these big games while starting more freshmen than any of these other big-time schools, does that mean that he might be a recipe for – for winning, he might be the real deal. A um, serious threat to be the guy, the white whale. Yeah, anytime you can win with freshmen in the SEC, that's typically a good sign. I feel like uh, that. I mean, he's been doing it with the majority of his guys. Um, that feels good. Yeah, like he goes and gets exactly what he needs for his schemes. I really think that's that's really cool. Like Crouch and Tua Tua and um, Theo. Yeah, Theo. He's been and, really underrated. This and year. the the safety. What's his? Is Kavon Bennett? Is he a freshman? Uh, no, Bennett's been here. You know, I really can't tell anyone in the defensive line apart from Daryl Taylor. Like I, Aubrey Solomon. I have no idea. Yeah. Like I, I have absolutely no idea who. I have to wait until like after the play and and look at the number and look at the name of the back of the jersey. Whoever forty eight was that made that play, the final play of the game on Bowden. Who? Was yeah, that? Uh, Jaquan Blakely. Yeah, Blakely. He's pretty good. Is he a freshman? I don't think so. 
Like, I don't know. I don't know much of the defensive line. Like, a lot of these guys we didn't even have any clue about before the season started, really. Like, he's, he, this defensive line has been phenomenal. And it's, like, it's been guys that. It's just like putting band aids on a gunshot wound and somehow it's working. Like, no one really knows. Like, I mean, at least I don't know. I don't. These random pieces we've just stuck together with a piece of gum. It's been, uh, it's been defensive line by committee, pretty much. I mean,. It's been guys like, like you said, Kevon Bennett and, you know, I mean, Gerald Middleton's been a baller. I mean, I don't know. Uh, the, the, yeah, the freshmen, um, that, that's anytime you can win with, with freshmen in the SEC. Anytime you can win in the SEC is good. So pairing that with freshmen is twice as impressive, in my opinion. And you're going to get four years to build on those guys. If he's going to go five and three in his second year in the SEC, that's very impressive. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's going to be safe to say that we're going to be favored in the next two games. Definitely against Vanderbilt. There's no question there. But I feel like we should be favored against Missouri. Kind of sets you up to next year. Probably be, be Probably be favored in nine or more games next year. Yeah. I mean. You do play Oklahoma. But you're if, not gonna be favored on the if road. you've made a big step up, you might be a coin flip of Florida. Maybe even a favorite if you can win all your games leading up to that. Georgia's the last game of the season next year. We don't know what that'll mean, you know, depending on how good the Tennessee team is. They held their own versus Alabama this year. You never know what could happen there. So I'm very intrigued to see what's going to happen next year. Um, I, I don't see why we couldn't win one of those four big games. And finish nine and three, um, especially yeah. coming off a winning streak at the end of this season. That feels good for Pruitt. Um, if he can get to the bowl game, that's an extra twenty five practices to just work on those freshmen. And uh, I think that's going to be really important for him this year and for his entire tenure. We're about to see what Pruitt's really made of next year in year three. He's yeah, gonna, he's going to have to put his money where his mouth is now. We we've kind of forgave him for that BYU Georgia State loss and. We'll probably completely forget about it if he can finish out this season at eight and five, but you can't come into next year and slip up. I mean, you you come into Oklahoma, you need to be ready to to go to battle. I mean, it's gonna be so bittersweet though if we do run the table like everyone expects us to right now and finish eight and five, because you're gonna be like, just think, man, we were so close to having our first ten season. Ten and three, yeah. We were so close. We haven't had a ten-win season in so long, and and we, we had such an easy schedule, and we found a way to blow. We found a way to blow it in two teams that we shouldn't have lost to. I mean, Pruitt fumbled the bag. That's yeah, it'll be it'll be bittersweet for sure. Like, I don't think people will forget about that. Uh, he'll he'll be forgiven, like forgive but never forget, like what happened with Georgia State and BYU. But like you said, just it'll build on to next season, and hopefully we can, we'll be ready for uh, the first game next season, which is Charlotte. Hopefully we won't have a repeat next year. I mean, uh, you know, you got Oklahoma, you got uh, Florida, fourth game this season, Missouri early, and then you play Arkansas, which should be uh, a a new uh, a new era in Arkansas after the Chad Morris firing. And then you got Georgia, game 10, and then Troy and Vandy. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you you could have nine wins in the season or nine wins in the schedule next year if you keep rolling the momentum. 
from I'm this just, year. I'm just glad we finally spaced out Florida, Alabama, and Georgia. Like, we finally got a schedule that's, you know, Cupcake, Oklahoma, Cupcake, Florida. Then you got Missouri, which is, you know, they're going to be probably not very good next year. Then South Carolina, which, you know, they're probably not going to be very good, especially Fire Dan or uh, Fire Will Muschamp. Then you have Alabama. Then you have Arkansas on a cupcake. Kentucky, baby brother. Then you have Georgia. I really like the way they've spaced it out this year to where we don't just have an absolute gauntlet running through October. Where we just hit Florida, Georgia, Bama, whoever the West team is. That was was probably one of Tennessee's biggest downfalls for the last few years now is having to run through four teams that – most of the time you play a big rivalry game, you get up really high, you have some serious injuries, you know, your players gave it everything they had. These guys were worn out coming out of the month of October. And I'm I'm really glad to see that the scheduling is a lot better this year. Yep. Yep. I'll agree. All right, well. Anything else? I think that's it. Shout out to Ace for Less, Anson Cable. Last minute question. Um, I think that's it for this one. Not too bad. All right. It's Cody Conrad. Tucker Cooper. C squared. We out.